Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Wednesday, August 09th of 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. We start off with a weather update as the mercury surges in Riverside with a high of 91.1 degrees and dipping to a mild 69.9 degrees tonight. Stay cool out there, friends. Now let's get into our top stories. As the U.S. looks to elevate its semiconductor game, over 460 companies are vying to get slice of subsidy funding. In a worrying environmental update, wildfires rage across Hawaii, hitting numerous communities and triggering a state of emergency and activation of the National Guard. The tech beat throws us a story that Amazon might just be anchoring major bucks in the semiconductor firm, Arm, ahead of its IPO. This move underlines the critical role Arm plays in the realm of cloud computing. Finally, we have an inspirational story about a barber who turns a haircut ordeal into a fun-filled game for a boy with autism. Plenty of stories to get through today on Alex's News. Stay with us. Elias, we have a top story today about high interest in government semiconductor subsidies right here in the United States. Over 460 companies are reportedly vying to secure this funding. Can you give us an overview of the situation? Absolutely, Connie. As reported by Reuters, a $39 billion subsidy program has been introduced by the U.S. Commerce Department. It's a part of the Chips for America legislation that President Biden signed last year. The legislation substantiates up to $52.7 billion in total subsidies for U.S. semiconductor production, its research, and importantly, workforce development. The intention here is to bolster the nation's competitiveness in science and technology, particularly against China. That's a substantial amount of money, Elias. How does the Commerce Department plan on administering these funds? They've taken a proactive approach, Connie. The department is already engaging with applicants. The focus is to provide the subsidy while ensuring that it doesn't end up benefiting China. To that effect, companies seeking major awards are expected to fulfill certain prerequisites, such as access to affordable childcare and a stipulation for sharing any excess profits. The department also has the responsibility to discern viable projects and decide on the allocation of funds. So it seems there are benefits beyond funding that are tied to this legislation. What are some of the other incentives? Yes, the Chips for America legislation has several other incentives. For one, it establishes a 25% investment tax credit for building new chip plants, which is estimated to be worth about $24 billion. This is to encourage the setup of more chip manufacturing facilities. And there's a special emphasis on advanced semiconductor manufacturing research and development. In fact, an enormous $11 billion is reserved specifically for it, with the intention of creating the National Semiconductor Technology Center. However, it's worth mentioning that no location has been picked out for the center yet. Seems like a well-rounded initiative. But are there any apprehensions or concerns about this subsidy program? Indeed, Connie. There are concerns, particularly pertaining to the allocation of funds and the strict export controls that impact sales to China. Importantly, Intel's CEO, Pat Gelsinger, has weighed in on this and argues that companies like Intel should receive a larger share of the funding compared to foreign competitors like TSMC and Samsung. 
it's particularly pertinent to Intel's planned $30 billion investment in new facilities in Ohio and other U.S. projects. A lack of funding and strict export controls could drastically affect their operations. This story originally came from EE Times. That's a significant point, Elias. What do these companies advocate for then? Pat Gelsinger, for instance, is urging the government to ease export controls and allocate a more significant share of the CHIPS Act funds to domestic companies, such as Intel. Additionally, the White House, according to a report by Reuters, is planning to impose restrictions on certain U.S. investments in China. This move is aimed at preventing U.S. capital and expertise from contributing to China's military modernization, which they perceive as a threat to U.S. national security. Any particular sectors that these restrictions target, Elias? Absolutely, Connie. This would be particularly affecting the sensitive technology sectors, including semiconductors, quantum computing, and artificial intelligence. In some cases, the restrictions may even prohibit certain transactions altogether. An exec order from President Biden, allowing for industry feedback, is expected soon. Thank you, Elias, for shedding light on the complexities of the Chips for America legislation and its potential consequences on the tech industry. We certainly appreciate your insight. Now, moving to our second news story of the day, it's a calamity that's causing severe distress to the residents in Hawaii. Reports indicate expansive wildfires are wreaking havoc, resulting in the devastation of homes, power outages, and a significant impact on local communities. My colleague, Grace, is here with us and has more details about this situation. Grace, why are these fires presenting such radical challenges to the communities and the firefighters? Connie, the situation in Hawaii is indeed alarming. According to reports from NPR affiliate 90.5 WESA and WUSF Public Media, the two areas in Maui, West Maui and an inland mountainous region are being significantly impacted. Gusty winds, exceeded 60 miles per hour, are exacerbating the situation. They've knocked power out, damaged homes, and are obstructing firefighting efforts. For instance, these high winds are preventing helicopters from dropping water on the fires. That's quite serious. So, it's not just the presence of the fires, but the conditions around them that are making it more challenging to contain them? Absolutely. And not to mention Hurricane Dora, which is passing south of the Hawaiian island chain, is adding to these dry conditions. This combination of aridity and wind is causing existing fires to spread rapidly, amplifying the situation. The National Weather Service has even issued a call for high winds and a red flag warning for dangerous fire weather conditions. There's been a report about residents fleeing into the water. Could you expand on that? Indeed. CBS News spoke to this incident in Lahaina, Maui. It was the wildfire there that led to residents seeking refuge in water to escape the flames and smoke. There is also ongoing rescue operations by the Coast Guard. However, the number of people needing rescue remains unclear. Sounds like a horrifying scene. Are we aware of the number of people or properties that these fires are affecting? As per an Associated Press article, multiple structures have been burned and evacuations ordered in several communities. Additionally, the gusty winds have prevented accurate assessments of the fire's size and impact. Approximately 13,000 customers in Maui are without power currently. Is there any more information about how these fires are different from typical wildfires that are seen? 
Wildfires in Hawaii typically occur in large grasslands on the dry sides of the islands, resulting in smaller-scale blazes compared to those on the U.S. mainland. Still, the destruction they can cause is significant. Apart from property damage, these fires also cause substantial environmental damage, including the removal of crucial vegetation and subsequent soil erosion, which can, in turn, pose threats to coral reefs. That indeed puts the ecological impact of these fires into perspective. And what are the local authorities doing to handle the situation? Acting Governor Sylvia Luke has declared a state of emergency and activated the Hawaii National Guard for assistance in fighting the fires. The severity of the fires underscored by various sources, including the Associated Press, Cone 2, NPR affiliate 90.5 WESA, WUSF Public Media, and CBS News, gives us an indication of the collective efforts required to combat these wildfires. That certainly paints a distressing picture. Thus, our thoughts are with Hawaii at this difficult time. Thank you, Grace, for your insights and comprehensive coverage on the Hawaii wildfires. Let's move on to our next topic of conversation. Reports indicate that Amazon may be negotiating to become an anchor investor in Armlati, a semiconductor company, in the run-up to their initial public offering, or IPO. With us here to dig deeper is our specialist correspondent, Ethan. Yes, Connie. Arm Limited is planning its IPO for early September on the NASDAQ. They hope to raise somewhere in the ballpark of $8 billion to $10 billion through this IPO. Tell us, Ethan, what's the significance of Amazon possibly becoming an investor? Well, Connie, Amazon's potential involvement underscores the critical role that Arm plays in the field of cloud computing. Amazon Web Services, or AWS, uses Arm's design for its own processing chip, the Graviton. So Amazon is already a big client of ARM, correct? Absolutely. Amazon is the top manufacturer of ARM server chips. Bernstein Research tells us that Amazon makes up over half of all ARM-based server CPUs globally. Could there be other interested parties in the mix along with Amazon? Indeed. Reports say that the ongoing talks between ARM and Amazon have also engaged other tech giants including Intel, Alphabet, and NVIDIA. ARM reportedly is in talks with around 10 such companies for pre-IPO investments. It's worth noting that these investors, including Amazon, won't be getting any board seat or control within ARM. So they are looking for financial investors rather than strategic partners. How does this fit with ARM's strategy? It's an interesting strategic move. The goal is to strengthen ARM's ties with key clients and increase the overall lure of their IPO. What about the implications for the semiconductor industry? Amazon investing in ARM could further solidify the tech titan's position in the semiconductor sector. ARM's technology is vital to many devices, such as smartphones, tablets, and IoT devices. And there's also a benefit for Amazon's data centers too, right? That's a keen point, Connie. Amazon's considerable share in ARM-based server CPUs enables them to cut down on costs, both in terms of space and cooling at their data centers. Amazon uses its own Graviton family of chips, developed by its Annapurna Labs division, consuming less power and offering more cores per socket or per rack. Lastly, SoftBank, the current owner of ARM, needs this IPO to be successful. Can you tell us why? Absolutely. From SoftBank's perspective, this IPO is crucial. They're still trying to recover from setbacks faced by its vision fund, primarily due to a failed deal to sell ARM to NVIDIA last year for $40 billion. 
Their hopes are pinned on a successful listing for ARM. So this potential investment speaks volumes for all parties. ARM, Amazon, and SoftBank. Certainly, Connie. It reinforces the role of ARM in cloud computing, amplifies Amazon's foothold in the semiconductor industry, and could provide SoftBank with the much-needed respite for its vision fund. Absolutely intriguing information there, Ethan. As always, thanks for the in-depth analysis. My pleasure, Connie. Story number four today is an emotional one. We're going to talk about a young boy named Jackson, who is on the autism spectrum, and the extraordinary barber who helped him. Our reporter, Chloe, is with us to share more. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Connie. This really is an inspiring and touching story. Let me give your listeners some context. Jackson experiences discomfort with things like particular textures, light touches, and loud sounds. Many people on the autism spectrum have similar sensory processing issues, which can turn everyday activities into stressful situations. It sounds like haircuts were a real challenge for Jackson then. Absolutely. According to an NPR report, Jackson's sensitivities made haircuts especially distressing. His mother had to stop taking him to the barber for almost two years because of this. Eventually, they found a barber named Ree, who showed exceptional patience and learned to adapt her approach to Jackson's needs. I'm sure many parents in a similar situation can relate, but there was a particular day when things were not going smoothly, right, Chloe? Correct. Connie, on this day, Jackson simply wasn't able to settle in the barber chair. But, impressively, Ree showed immense understanding. She even came up with a creative idea on the spot turning the haircut into a game. This approach proved to be a wonderful distraction for Jackson and helped him manage his anxiety better. That's a pretty remarkable solution. What was the outcome? Surprisingly positive. By the end of this play and cut session, Jackson was actually smiling. He even asked his mother if they could return the next day to play the game again. It's little wonder that now, he's comfortable only with Ree handling his haircuts. Ree's thoughtfulness clearly made a significant difference. How did this story become known? Jackson's mother shared a video of the haircutting game online, which quickly made the rounds on social media. It drew lots of positive reactions and has served as a reminder of how understanding and empathy can make profound impacts on people who live with autism. Quite a powerful message indeed. This story draws attention to the realities of sensory processing issues faced by people on the autism spectrum. It certainly does, Connie. The National Autistic Society, NAS, in the UK, as highlighted by Upworthy, has a campaign called Too Much Information to increase understanding about these issues. A video from this campaign shows how distressing situations like a crowded and noisy train can be for autistic individuals. What an important conversation this story sparks. It reminds us how tailored solutions can make such a difference. That's absolutely right, Connie. Autistic individuals often require personalized experiences to help them navigate their world. Adaptation, patience, and creativity can transform previously stressful situations into something positive, just like in Jackson's case. Thank you, Chloe, for sharing this powerful story and shedding light on the importance of empathy and understanding. Such narratives truly serve as reminders that small acts of kindness can make big changes in someone's life. It was my pleasure, Connie. This story indeed underlines the power of human spirit and compassion. That's all we have for now. 
Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, Eleven Labs, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.